0: So uh, um, good morning, Hannah, how are good.
1: you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you?
0: Very well, thanks. And uh, thank you for inviting me into this call.
1: You're very welcome, pleasure.
0: Okay. So uh, yeah, I think that um, I've got a few questions for you as a professional coach. Um, but My first question is one that's on the lips of a lot of people. Two weeks into the coronavirus situation, um, I wanted to ask you from your personal experience, how have you seen the Corona virus isolation impacting the people, the, the, mm. the people that, that, that you know?
1: Yeah. Um, what strikes me really is, um, you know, the, the behavior really of people and, um, how they're acting because they're scared. Um, whether it's on a conscious level or not, um, all the you know bulk buying and um, just not thinking very much about how it's going to affect other people is just a symptom of of being scared. Um, so, as frustrating as it can be, it's actually interesting, uh, uh, you know, to watch people. Not realizing that, and not not having the skills to actually manage themselves and manage their emotions um, in these difficult times, that would be helpful for others. Um, I talk about it in my um, workshop on how to conquer um, fear in a crisis. But if you look at their Maslow's pyramid of human needs, sense of um, safety and security is their second bottom level and just above that you've got um a sense of belonging the need for, for a sense of belonging and and love and then you've obviously got self-esteem and self-actualization so the way the pyramid works is that people cannot really focus on the levels above until they've had the majority of the needs from you know the level where they are and below satisfied so if they're so consumed by their anxiety and fear because of the situation, they, they're they not very considerate because of that. Mm-hmm. And I say that that's the real danger when we kind of, you know, let fear um, take the better of us um, and we lose control that way. Um, we just stop thinking about others. Um, so that's been a very interesting point. Um, for me, it's been mainly about um reassuring myself that um it is a crisis, but life is full of crisis, really every day can be a crisis, so depending you know how you respond um that actually dictates the the depth um, of the crisis. And how quickly you are able to bounce back. Um, I've also had an opportunity to experience um, our lovely NHS um, due to a medical issue. Okay. But I have to say that they, they were very, very good. Um, I stayed in hospital for a couple of days. Um, but I was well looked after. Obviously, they were, they were quite busy. But um, the hospital felt like a safe place, in fact um and everybody was very very um composed and i think aware of the situation and doing what they had to do without necessarily talking about it so it was a very positive experience um yes
0: so you was in hospital Hannah. what what, what was what, what did you do what was your um ailment
1: oh i had an injury um of my hand so i was in orthopedics um but um i couldn't drive for a bit and uh write either so funnily enough it all happened Um it coincided with the with the lockdown and you know the start of actually kind of people leaving the house less it was just before the lockdown so it was the perfect timing for not being able to to drive for example and get um to meetings by myself because we started you know um converting them into online meetings at the time um, what, what about you paul what what about you know how you've experienced um the lockdown and the situation
0: um so for me I, I live out in the countryside so i'm i'm fairly remote anyway um quite a lot of the work that i do um is actually going to the my client's location and working with their people so you know um, even my uh, one of my sayings is um uh, people don't resist change they resist being changed so as a change agent i like to put myself in the facility working shoulder to shoulder with my clients uh, employees so almost everything that i do has been now like a big full stop so i can't i can't do a lot of the things that um the, the 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 very core of my business is based around working with people and now because of this i can't work with them so i've had to pull back and like everybody else be isolated but my, my, my home is already very high isolated so when i'm not working i i am almost by definition isolated uh, being out in the country um but one interesting point that when you was talking right at the beginning you was talking about the triangle and how people get stuck on that the the bottom two runs Mm. and and it's you know it's almost like the proof of the pudding is in two different uh ways of looking at at, at change how people have to handle change you've got the triangle that you was talking about and then you've got the uh, the 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 change curve so i posted yeah i posted excuse me i posted on linkedin uh yesterday um i I just did a uh, a PowerPoint show of the change, mm-hmm. yeah, and and how people have to go through um the the shock and denial of any change that's imposed on them, or any more so when it's imposed on them. So I, I always say that I would rather be in control of change. So if I I'd like to look at what's happening and make that change happen myself, because when you are making it happen yourself, you've got not full control but you've got almost full control of what's happening with that change
1: as much as you can basically
0: yeah exactly so i I like to say to um to my clients who are typically plant managers and operation managers in the manufacturing sector i like to say that instead of letting the environment impose changes on you and then firefight them um look at your your workforce look at your operations and actually look for places where you can make positive change yourself mm-hmm. by making that change yourself you have better control and you're able to actually steer where your um, where your processes where your business where your people are going and with the coronavirus um it's so much more powerful because it's really been imposed on everybody and so everybody's gone through the change curve So in the beginning, you've got the shock, and then you go into this denial. So everybody's like, you know, this can't be happening. My business needs this. Uh, This can't be happening. I need to be able to go and see my family and, and so on. And then after denial, they get stuck in that frustration. So they're just frustrated because they can't change it. So they've got no control over it. And then people sit into the depression part. And I think that last week I was talking to a lot of people last week and I think a lot of people were definitely touching a depressed state because mm. they had they'd gone through the shock they've gone through the denial and the fear and now they're just depressed because they feel they've got no power to do anything about the coronavirus and I think that this is when actually they've, they've got more power than they than they understand they've really got and because they've got the power of perception. And when when things are imposed on us and we can't physically change those changes, we can't make anything happen to them changes, the one number one thing that we can do is we can change our perception of that change. And I think that this is where uh, where people are now in the second week, because they realize that they need to start thinking of being optimistic optimizing what they do and actually start to think how can how can I continue what I do how I live in this climate so I think it's took two weeks for most people to get there um, and it yeah, sounds I like
1: I agree. Yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> And then it applies really to both um, individuals and businesses because it is a test for how well prepared you've been, how well you've been managing change in your company, in your team and uh, whether you can embrace it. And obviously, the more you have done so far, I think the better tools you've got and your mindset is in a better place as well. For for this unexpected, let's be honest, um, and and global change that is going to affect us um, to a certain degree permanently. But who says that it's going to be a negative only impact? There will be a lot of negative impact, but still there are ways to to turn it into a positive. Um, we are learning. This is like you said. This is a, a changing. Um, it's change. It's changed circumstances, and the changing curve is such a great illustration of what's happening and what's what's coming. If you're resilient enough, and if you aren't, this is the time perhaps to reflect and to think about, you know, how you can strengthen, fortify your business. What it is that you're really struggling with the most? Um, is it is it your own mindset is it your leadership is it your team is it engagement do you trust people while they're working from home um you know how what the productivity level is right now um i'm sure every business owner and every manager has plenty of observations um, it's just about turning them into a lesson now and you know actioning Actioning those observations and introducing more change.
0: I think um, so. The uh, I've, I've got a cat tail here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you see this?
1: <laughs> During all that was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we got uh, this. Is Dolly? This is my little girl. Oh,
1: hello. Uh,
0: yeah. So you know, you know, your the, the name of your business is KaiZen. You know, mm. and um, KaiZen's got a uh, it, it's, it's KaiZen something that's been with me for for over a decade. So I got into continuous improvement by working with the Kaizen uh, methodology. And one of the biggest workshops that I offer to my clients, plant managers, operations managers, is my continuous improvement awareness workshop. Um, And the strength of that workshop is that I deliver it to teams of people physically in their we call it the Gemba, the place of yeah. work. And I can't do it <laughs> because...
1: That was my question, actually. Is there a way to do a Kaizen continuous improvement event remotely?
0: I, I, I would say I've tried to really rack my brain over this. I've done several brainstorming sessions um, with with other colleagues. And I can't come up with a way to run a Kaizen, you know, like a proper Kaizen workshop. I can't come up with a way to do it. Because the the problem with sorry.
1: Surely there must be ways to adapt it, you know, even if you don't do the standard version, but maybe like um, you know, some kind of mini version or um elements of it, because there must be a way to use it virtually.
0: Um I would say that if you if if your processes are virtual and Okay because because this is about manufacturing then it's about improving the processes in uh, in a manufacturing plant um so straight away then processes exist non-virtual so they exist at the and you know one of my sayings people don't resist change they resist being changed the 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 strength in that is by taking the people out of their normal day-to-day so they're already out of their normal day to day, and a lot of them are, are having to work from home, and um, taking them and putting them in the gemba as a team, so cross-functional. So you've got people from different departments working together as a team. Look into processes that you want to optimize. Look into areas where you have waste, where you have uh, inefficiencies, and uh, uh, maybe unsafety working and things like that. So to take that to, to take that virtual it almost takes the heart out of the kaizen so 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 i would okay. say that the, for somebody who wasn't focused in manufacture so my, th- that's my sector manufacturing um and and if like, i want to s- stay i want to stay there because that's where my knowledge base is um so i would say that for me personally i can't take that kaizen like the team-based kaizen, I can't take it virtual but but I would say for you you can take your um, methodology because yours mm-hmm. is more I think yours is more true to to the heart of where Kaizen came from back in in, in Japan because Kaizen actually means change for the better and it, it also means little tiny small changes that are performed by individual people not teams but individual people improve just look in at what they do and improving it day by day and that that is the essence of kaizen and the kaizen that that i'm used to delivering is is a, is a, is like a much bigger animal where you involve a lot of people sort of 8 10 12 people and focus on an area for 3 and 4 days so for me i think that my kaizen world can't go virtual but for you i think that the things that you do hannah because you're one-on-one because you you know you're
1: so one-on-one is just um the type of work a type of work that i do but what I do with teams is actually team-based as well which doesn't mean it's limited to a physical location just because I work mainly with professional services so a lot of the work is based online anyway and the most recent um, work that I've done with a team was in fact within an IT team so um, they can do it online that's not that's not a problem but I totally get how in manufacturing that can be an obstacle because yeah you need to go to the gemba so depending where the challenges are really if it's a production process then yes of course whereas if it's, you know, if it's not necessarily a process, it may be a set of skills, for example, a certain area of the of the business or leadership, et cetera, that can be delivered um, that can be delivered online. Um, and it, it's just, I guess, how you how you approach things. So if you know that this is the only way that you can do it. Um, and you will accept the fact that it 's based on life. I know we all love live training i I prefer it too, but in the current circumstances, we kind of need to make maybe a little bit of extra effort to embrace the circumstances and not let them you know not let the physical lockdown to become a mental um, lockdown and Yes, of course, with individuals um, that 's even easier. Um, because you don't have to coordinate, um, I guess, schedules, and it's just easier to organise it. But um, it's the same, really, um, way of running it. As long as everybody can dial into a call and see um, and hear and have a conversation, because obviously there are exercises there as well, um, it's fine. It's just, you know, how you actually perceive it. If you don't perceive it to be of any less value just because it's not in a meeting room, then it's not going to be.
0: I think um, there is one of the workshops that I offer, I delivered actually quite recently in Peterborough, um, is a workshop that I call Continuous Improvement Through Small Steps. And that is based on two lean methodologies. Um, One is, PDCA, Plan, Do, Check, Act, um, which is a nice continuous improvement looping uh, project uh, methodology. And the second is A3. And A3 is just a really nice uh, uh, roadmap um, document where you document a project. And this workshop, um, I bolted the two of these together and took my experience uh, from running hundreds of um, both lean and six sigma projects in the past and develop this one day workshop where I take the participants through an understanding of why they need to improve uh, understanding of the history of both of these methodologies and then deep dive into how to run these methodologies when when creating change in their workplace and this work so this workshop is very very intense and it's delivered inside one day when I'm at the client's premises. But one of my clients has asked me, because of this coronavirus, and this is where I have changed, so I've looked to my processes and I'm now adapting. Um, So I've taken this workshop and I've converted it so that it's now nice and beautiful to deliver virtually through live uh, like webinar style, um uh, media and um am hopefully i'm going to be delivering this in the next week or two to my client so he's going to put together a team of 10 people in his business and those 10 people i'm going to take them through um like normally i deliver it in one day mm-hmm. nobody wants to sit for one day in front of a computer screen so what i've done is i've chopped it into quarters so i have f- uh, two hours four lots of two hours So I bring the 10 people together and in logical places inside the training, I deliver some training, give them some aha moments, get some interaction and feedback and then send them away into their virtual world so that they can spend a week letting that knowledge sink in and actually doing something. So they'll start a project. Um, And then the idea is they come back after one week and then we review what they did. I teach them at the, the second quarter and send them away for more f- actual homework. So the beauty of this, and I've not actually tested it yet. I'm going to be doing this in about a week or two. So I'm quite excited is that I'll actually be able to take the 10 people virtually through their own individual projects over a four week period. And they only have to spend two hours a week with me. So I'm quite excited about that. So, um, because they, they'll get everything they would get from the, the, the one day physical face-to-face yeah. uh, workshop, but um, they're able to actually run a project while they're getting it almost being spoon-fed.
1: I of that's the way to do it um, Kaizen-wise because you want incremental change and, and little steps. Obviously for practical reasons, um, a lot of courses and training um, happens you know, within shorter um, timeframes, especially, for example, if you you travel abroad to help a team, um, you don't have this possibility unless you actually do some bits online. And then I think it is much more engaging when you can offer a couple of hours um, every week or even every couple of weeks. Um, So I think it might be actually quite an interesting experience for you and um, you might come up with some new ways of working yourself
0: yeah i think i think that's exactly it i think that i'm i'm in that um uh that investigating that discovery part of the curve i'm definitely up there trying to innovate what i do so that i can continue to help uh, people
1: absolutely so there are elements of um of kaizen that you can still you can still run um which is great i think and you know the more time the longer this situation is the more ways of working we will come up with um and the more accepting we will be of new ways of working as well because let's be honest a lot of people are just used to what they're used to Um, it's a habit so it's not something that happens overnight but uh given the intensity of the situation and how serious it is. It is. I think um, most of us will learn um, quite fast, really.
0: Okay, so I have um, I have a word for you uh,
1: yes.
0: that I think that a lot of people are doing this right now in this at the end of the in this second week, and the word is reflect, mm. because I think that this situation is given us opportunity to actually pause and reflect.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. It's something that um, I think most of us don't do enough of. Um, I'm myself um, guilty of it because once you get in the flow of things, um, you enjoy them and time just flies by and you have to consciously, um, I think, allocate a little bit of time for it. Um, Yeah, I'd say I've definitely done more of it over the last two three weeks um, I do it via journaling and I think it's an excellent method whenever there is something happening um, in my head whether it's positive or negative and I feel like it's a bit overwhelming because there are so many thoughts um, I like to write it down and break it down so uh, I think you know this is this is a a very effective way of approaching reflection because let's be honest, it's hard to just sit down and reflect. What does it mean? If you start thinking about something, your, your thoughts will take you into a different place in no time. Mm -hmm. That's why, for example, when you do mindfulness or meditation, you've got all sorts of, you know, guided meditation, you've got bells, you've got a gong to bring your attention back. So I think, you know, being able to write about your reflections or your observations will give you that structure and breaking it down will give you a nice process, you know, what, what to do with it later. And you will be able to see more and hear more. Um, yeah, so that's my reflection on reflecting. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know, for, for me, um, I would imagine that, that all my, my potential clients um they're used to working in a fast moving manufacturing environment where they're probably more firefighting and they don't get the opportunity to reflect because every day leads into another day and another day and um because of production demands uh, and quality demands and volume and lead times and so on They just don't have that opportunity. In fact, I would say one of the biggest, one of the biggest barriers to actually, for for a company to take time for continuous improvement is that they are just firefighting, that they just don't have time to stand still, look at what they're doing and think about doing it in a different way, doing it in a, a slicker way, a quicker way, or a more efficient way. They don't get that opportunity to reflect and, I really believe that right now so many people are reflecting because they've got this pause, this like professional pause, personal pause with the, this, this isolation and people are reflecting. And my, my hope is that, um, I'm constantly putting messages out into my social media, um, to, to try and share little nuggets, little tiny pieces of my, knowledge and experience to try and help the manufacturing professionals think differently. And I believe that now they are able to reflect and hopefully they pick up some of this. And if they run with it on their own, that's still fantastic. If they need help then they they can call me and I can help them at the moment virtually, but in the future, because this is not forever. This isolation is definitely not forever. You know, there's going to come a time, whether it's uh, a couple of months from now or, or several months from now, there's a time in the not so distant future where we're all back to work as normal. And hopefully, people are not as normal. But hopefully, when they go back to work, this opportunity to reflect changes how they look at their business, how they look, think about themselves and their, their work colleagues and their friends and family, and they do things differently. So, yeah, so reflect is very, very uh it's a very powerful thing that needs to uh that people need to be doing. I'm sure that they are. So I think I because I, I mentioned then this is not forever. Uh you know, this is literally um this is this is gonna cover a piece of time. We don't really know how long, but it's yeah. definitely not forever. So um have have you changed is there anything changed for you? So for me, I see a need for me to be Physical, but I also see a need for me, an opportunity for me to help people in a more virtual way. Do, do you think that this is something that that you've um, something that you can embrace?
1: Yes, I actually I don't feel um, there's been that much of a change for me because um, a lot of the activities I do, I do them from home. Um, working whether like i said whether with individuals or with teams um because of the context being an office um it's relatively easy to to adjust to be honest um so personally uh i guess for me it's just understanding you know what it takes for people to to be engaged in that form of training because you know it is different in terms of for example like you said how long you can stay focused um generally and then while on a computer that is even a shorter period of time and in normal circumstances you would probably take a break every 40 45 minutes um perhaps every 90 minutes in the worst case scenario um so my a lot of my training uh because i do um Provided in incremental, um, in, in, in increments, can I say increments, um, in installments. <laughs> yep. I, I, I provide it in parts. So normally a workshop lasts 90 minutes. And normally, if, if I'm asked to help a team, it's a series of, um, of workshops because Kaizen is about incremental change over a certain period of time it's Mm -hmm. it's acknowledging that it it has to you know you you have to get a bit of training process it put it into practice then you know another piece of training on another perhaps element and do the same thing sometimes like we said for practical um reasons that training is delivered all at once and I i deliver accelerated programs as well Um, But whenever you can, you know, the smallest steps, but they need to be very regular. I think that's where um, some of the results can get a bit lost because um, it doesn't happen frequently enough. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, when I work with, with individual clients, I recommend biweekly weekly or, uh, you know, bi-weekly sessions or every three weeks. Because I've noticed that once a month is perhaps not frequently enough for mm-hmm. individuals. Um, you just lose the momentum a little bit. So I think for group, for group, um, for group interventions uh, on a monthly basis is perfectly fine. But um, the smaller the group and with individuals, I would definitely recommend, you know, doing it more frequently and in smaller, um, smaller um, chunks of time.
0: Yeah, I, I would uh, concur with that because from my experience, when a business, because, you know, um, the, it's called continuous improvement for a good reason it's continuous and to, for it to be continuous there has to be um th- there has to be a infinite re- like revisit of the yeah. improvement and Absolutely. for it to be powerful you want a rhythm and um i you know i think that for uh, for, for 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 small personal small steps you know weekly bi-weekly is fantastic um, like for when i'm helping uh, organizations with like big team-based kaizen events i always i try and encourage a monthly rhythm because a monthly yeah. rhythm is usually achievable but it, i mean r- ideally i would say you should be running Kaizens every week you should be doing something to improve your business every single week but in the beginning people are not um emotionally um attached to the idea of or, or that i think that belief you know you know people don't believe that having a continuous model um that's going to cost you know time people's time resource and um, they, they don't believe that the impact is going to pay for itself properly but in in reality once you get the rhythm right then it, it, it pays in dividends you know absolutely yeah so i think it's softly softly so companies and businesses and people they need to start small exactly what you said little tiny small changes and even if they're doing it every every fortnight if they're doing it bi-weekly then those small changes all of a sudden they can see an improvement and then they, they can up the ante then they can actually increase the the uh the amount of time they spend until you get into a really nice rhythm in in The 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 very foundation of Kaizen is is daily, so you know Kaizen is change for the better at an individual level daily. So people are just constantly looking at what they do, looking on a daily basis. How can I do this better? What can I do to make this easier? But that is so far away from most people and most organisations. But to get there, you've got to start somewhere, and if you're a business running a Kaizen once a month can be good. If you're, if, if, if you, if you're not like doing a full blown Kaizen, then biweekly with the view that at some point everybody's thinking about it. And th- w- while we're on this topic, I can, I can um, share an experience that with one of my clients a while back that they just did Kaizen. They did one Kaizen. They made a, an amazing impact on the business. They mm. engaged the people. they never did it again so where the months rolled on and the kaizen was kind of like gathered dust and got forgotten about and that that, that's that's like quite a that's a pity that is that is a real shame because
1: it is a shame i i agree i mean uh, continuous improvement it's it's like exercise i always say that because you know you can you, you will go to the gym once, and um, you will be excited. Your muscles will be definitely hurting, if you, especially if you've not been doing it for a while. Um, and yes, it's all exciting, um, but then if you don't go back, you're not going to get any results. So it is about frequent, um, but small steps. Small steps are enough, but they have to be taken frequently. Um, and that really makes me think of the failure cycle that i talk about in the procrastination um workshop um where generally speaking people get excited about new things and about um change when they know that the results are going to be great but then when it comes to actually doing things um, you know, that enthusiasm wears off and uh, people start avoiding doing things in the new way um, and they prefer to go back to the old way. And then, you know, there is always an excuse for that, um, maybe someone to blame, um, whereas if you do it regularly, it just prevents you from self-sabotaging because you've invested your time into, say, running a Kaizen event or one workshop or two, and then you feel the difference. So you think you've done the work, that the work is not finished, but it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. You have to be doing it for the rest of your life. So I think my you know, my um, suggestion would be to embrace it and just to realize that yes, it will have to be part of your business. That's why I'm still surprised that not not that many businesses relatively understand, for example, the value of you know having someone like you um, intervene on a regular basis or help support on a regular basis, or having a, a role within the company where there is someone responsible for continuous improvement. Whether whether it's a coach, whether it's an I don't know an L and D expert, depending what the expertise is. But it's just such an important role in a business um, to have someone who will be able to, you know, outline, um, the tra- identify the training needs and organise training and coaching around that. Um, I'm quite sure that one day it, it will be normal, just like having an HR specialist in small businesses or a whole HR team, having an L&D specialist, having a finance person or director, etc. cetera. Um, continuous improvement is something that blends it all together, you know, that it's like glue for the business really, and it helps um, build a company culture as well um yeah so it's interesting you know when this is going to happen
0: so uh, you just made me think about something then that because we talk about continuous improvement and yeah i talked earlier about the pdca the plan do check act which is the cycle that you can go through to continually improve a process and then you made me realize that companies that don't have a continuous improvement engine companies that are not empowering their people to look at the what, what they do um, and and look for improvement on a on a regular frequent basis they're actually in that they're the opposite to continuous improvement because they are continually not improving so they, they are they're stuck in a stagnated place well, um, if you're
1: not moving forward obviously then you're going backward
0: yeah because you can't stand still in business you can't because your competitors and your marketplace is moving shifting constantly changing so if if what if what you do today is the same as what you was doing a year ago and two years ago and three years ago um that 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 won't stay forever you have to change and you have to be doing what you do differently um because without change um you you are gonna fall back you're gonna fall behind because as you said you can't uh, stand still so Mm. i guess what you can be stuck in is you can be stuck in a loop of firefighting so a continue so instead of continuous improvement you can be continual a continuous firefight um
1: well that's a sign of um i think um time management challenges and approaching um things perhaps not prioritizing um in the right in the most effective way um because if you don't that's the thing so continuous improvement for example is one of those important and not urgent things that a lot of companies never get to but mm-hmm. this is precisely how you get into the firefighting mode if you ignore the important and not urgent important important and not urgent is what you should be spending most of your time on there will be always some firefighting there will be always something that's very important and very urgent but if you're spending the majority of your time there something is not working
0: Mm. yeah i agree fully so um moving on to the next topic communication Mm. um i don't want to talk about communication a little bit because i wonder um i I watched a video the other day uh, a video that simon cynic had put had put out i i love his videos i watch it yes. whatever he brings when i i, I have to watch it is a fantastic guy is is the way he thinks about people and the way he thinks about culture and uh, and business is just phenomenal uh anybody that is not used to watching simon Sinek um videos they need to just go just put him in google you'll find him um, mm-hmm. but he he put a video on um a couple of days ago and i shared it on my business page and it was one where he was interviewing a soldier or it might have been an ex soldier or it was a soldier. And this soldier was sharing with him how years and years ago when he was like, uh, he was actually, um, active in, it, it was in Iraq or somewhere like that. Yeah. And, um, basically, um, they were in a situation where the, the top guy of, that or of the military organization, the very, very top guy on a regular basis, I think a daily basis was communicating with, with a webcam. So he was, he had a camera on him, audio, and he would talk to the entire army. He would just talk to the entire army. And I think the message that Simon Sinek is trying to get across here is that there's a lot of people that have been pulled out of the workplace, that are in the home, they feel isolated they're being isolated and they feel isolated but more importantly they feel isolated away from the workplace and i wonder how many leaders right at the top or even through different chains are taking the opportunity to with video talk to their people because Mm -hmm. you know there's this isolation has shone the light on the technology that's available to us i mean i grew up watching star trek and it was you know if you think that 20 years ago you could not do a video call and talk to people uh, and here we are it, it, it would have been impossible and here we are um doing it now everybody's doing it you know you can do it. i was doing That's it with my, yeah i was doing it with my, with my grand i do it with my grandchildren um and and basically i think business leaders if they're not doing it they need to be doing video calls because the ceo of a of an organization could so easily get a zoom link put himself or herself on camera talk to his his or her people and share that with anybody that wants to watch and what simon cynic says is that with this soldier it wasn't mandatory to watch it okay Mm. so employees either tune in or don't, it's anonymous. They have a link and there's a a rhythm where the senior people are communicating something about the business to their people. And it it would be interesting to know if, um, if there's any leaders out there that are using that, that way of communicating. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Yes, perhaps the ones who have been um, quite engaged with At all levels of the organization um but i imagine that if it's not been the case so far i don't know maybe something has changed um yeah it would be interesting to to find out actually from people who work for uh, larger organizations
0: yeah because um if if they're not communicating and the people are not in their workplace then i think that you're going to get adrift so it's only two weeks now, but you imagine if, you know, two months from now, if this, if, if the people at uh, strategic levels are not communicating to the, to the employees, then that drift can get quite big. And, uh, I think that they should be thinking now about doing frequent, strong rhythm communication to their, to, to everybody in their organization.
1: Mm. It's a new challenge. So I think it's going to take a while for people to figure out what works best. Um, but communication always, um, always works. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a really good idea if someone's not doing it to, to start doing yep. it. Rather, rather than writing an email, um, yes, just speaking directly to people and ideally live as well.
0: So uh, the, the, the barrier... To people speaking live on camera, um, is the next word that I wanted to talk about, and I think you mentioned it before we started this call. I think you 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 might may have a workshop on this, and it's Mm. the word fear. Mm. You know, because I think that, like, I mean, I, I I put myself in front of a camera like hundreds of times, so for me, I've got no fear. I've got zero inhibition talking through a camera, but I think that that's not that's not a normal thing. Most people have a fear talking Mm. to the camera. They'll talk to their, their mother, their father, their husband, their wife, their brother, sister, friends, they can talk to them for hours and hours. But once you replace a person with a lens, all of a sudden people get a fear. Uh, but, 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 but in, in reality, you know, the lens, is it is just like an eyeball of a person or it can be in your perception and um so i think that that the the fear is something that a lot of people are it is a hurdle that a lot of people have got to get over Mm. so that they can carry on living their life normally with their friends and family so i've got i've got family members that won't go on a camera they won't do a call um i i've got um and i've got work colleagues that won't get in front of a camera so they're stuck in this fear so you have a workshop on fear maybe you can share a little nugget of of help there
1: um yes absolutely um it's it's quite funny you mention it um because i've i've come across this quotation not to get it wrong now but um that uh, basically kaizen is a way to disarm our brains um uh, fear and I think um it's a really it's so well said um I think it was Robert Moore uh if I remember correctly who said it um yes uh, because of the because of how the fear can paralyze us and um just really limit us in in so many ways um I'm I'm really surprised that it's not something that's talked about enough perhaps and i've i, I also connect it to um procrastination uh, that so many people struggle with um when i when i speak to uh, to clients and also um to various um businesses um they quite often admit um business owners that that they struggle with it and they don't know why i think um understanding why is very important and it is to do with fear and there are various forms of fear there is worry there is concern there is low self esteem um, lack of confidence Um, but that's just to understand it but then what do you do to actually um compare it to, to beat fear Um for me it's a it's 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 a process and it's a it's a journey Um once you acquire certain life skills and emotional intelligence and you know that fear is there you will never you will never stop feeling it but it's about how you respond to it so fear is you know feeling scared whereas courage is doing what you need to do regardless just Mm. getting on with it just ignore that feeling because quite often it's irrational irrational anyway um so how how do you how do you you know conquer fear you you need to understand it you need to accept it and then you need to apply um certain skills to be able to just you know move on get on with your work crack on um but it doesn't happen if you don't feel confident if you don't feel that you can tackle it because you've got the structure, you've got the process, and you've got the tools. And this is precisely what I'm trying to um, educate sometimes people on to understand that it's, it's not something that just it is something that happens in your head, but once you externalize it, there are tools out there to help you. And you don't have to worry about it. You just need to learn them and use them. And everything will fall into place that's how it works but it's amazing how fear you know prevents people from progressing in the career from doing certain things because you know they're afraid of the risk um, there are ways of dealing with risk and managing risk as well so there are tools out there for everything so I would really you know um, encourage people to to look into how to beat their fear and not let it stop them from you know, progressing in their life. And also because fear makes us procrastinate and research shows that procrastinators, chronic procrastinators, they suffer from a sense of guilt, a sense of, a sense of shame and anxiety, and, and they also underperform. How can you not, knowing that, make a change Mm. it's self-sabotaging
0: yeah i guess because the fry because the because the fear itself stops them getting out of that loop um i i I like the um i like the uh the analogy that i'm trying to think of the name of the book it's something to do with a monkey there's a book
1: in the chimps paradox or
0: chimps paradox yes because in that he talks about the two brains we've got yes. the old primitive limbic brain and then we've got the the newer uh, neocortex brain and mm. the the old limbic brain is where fear exists and our emotions exist and whenever we f- we feel fear whenever we're frightened or like anxiety is coming in it's because hundreds of thousands of years ago that emotion that ability to have that emotion was there to save our lives because our environment was so dangerous you know mm. there was predators everywhere and it was just a, a very hostile environment whereas now we live in a, a, a an incredibly safe environment but that primitive emotion um you know still is able to come into our mind and so when we feel fear emotionally we're worried about our life. That's the real, that's why that fear feeling is there because we're frightened that there's a life threatening, something happening. But in reality, most situations that, that, um, that make that emotion come to come to a head are not life threatening. And it's, it's when the, the neocortex, the newer part of our brain can actually get in front and the logical so the very the logical thinking can say hang on a minute there's no there's no reason to logically be worried about you know this situation um, so the fear with the camera um is we've, we the, the the fear's there because we really feel like it's dangerous to us but if our um if our neocortex brain can get in front and say hang on a minute it's just a piece of glass and it's a way of communicating to somebody and imagine if they were there in person would you be worried and then once you get that that then settles in all of a sudden the fear can like fall away but that the, the, the book the chimps paradox fantastic book I, I read it maybe two years ago and i think i want to read it again so i'm, I'm going to actually dig that book back out and i'm going to read it again because it was uh it was quite a nice book
1: eye opener isn't it i i really love that book as well and i've read it um twice Um, so yeah um, I totally get what you mean and it is it is exciting to be discovering those things um, for yourself as well and I I think um, sometimes awareness is is enough um, but sometimes people can tell themselves that you know this is this is just a camera, it's just a piece of glass, like you say, in the way of communicating. But sometimes it's not enough. So then what do you actually do? What do you think of? What do you tell yourself to you know conquer that fear or to ignore it? I mean, fear is necessary in our life. That's it's not to question it, but um I think you know, if you are committed to um to your goals. And if you are motivated, that's exactly what lets you um, conquer fear because this is what makes you ignore it because you've got that passion.